Hello everyone and thank you for joining. This is your host Michael with Tales at 3 a.m. Where in this series we discuss Halloween. We talk about old traditions and newer things that have passed from generation into what we now celebrate today in the American traditions. We look at a little history, a little folklore and legend of old beliefs and old things and how we celebrate those things today. So turn off the lights, sit back and enjoy, and if you need to, close your eyes and enjoy Tales at 3 a.m. We're going to start off by discussing candles. Now, I know on Halloween and before then, you can go into a store or if you make candles yourself. And of course, we have the black candles. We have white candles. Even in stores, you can see different colors of candles or lights, especially around Halloween time. And yes, we decorate outsides and we decorate the homes. And it's interesting that we do that because it almost sounds like tradition for that is still here but did you know that that tradition of candles and putting them in your home and putting them outside started a long long time ago well let's talk a little bit about that candles during Samhain which is still practiced today deriving from old religious Celtic beliefs was not just a centerpiece to simply light up a room but candles were used in places throughout the house and outside it was believed that by lighting candles during the time of Samhain that it would help to guide lost spirits back home when the veil was the thinnest during October 31st going into November 1st so yes while we still use candles as a pretty part of Halloween because we like the way that it looks it was actually used as a travel companion for when people believed and still do that spirits were trying to find their way home and so people would light candles to light the way and if you have never heard of a dumb supper feast and know when I say that I don't mean it was a dinner for something stupid that's not what that means but it was a feast that was held during the time of Samhain where a family would gather around the table and they would have their meals on their own plates and they would eat in silence and they would prepare a meal on a plate sitting at the table where no one else sat and they would leave the door open expecting 
one of their ancestors to walk through the door who had departed. And they would expect that ancestor to sit down and possibly enjoy the meal with them once they had been guided with the candles back home. And once the family had finished their meals, the meal was still sitting on the plate. And they would take that plate and they would put it outside. I guess in their minds they thought, well, if our dearly departed ancestor had not returned home by candlelight to eat, then on their way to the house, we're going to leave their meal outside so they have something to eat on their journeys. Okay, class, raise your hand if you've ever heard of a Rowan cross. Anybody? Well, I'm going to kind of laugh if you are at your home right now when you were raising your hand because I can't see you even if you are, so that's kind of funny. But if you've never heard of a Rowan cross, well, let me introduce you to that. That was used during Samhain. Now, you have to understand a particular tree that is indigenous to a particular country, unfortunately, probably does not grow here in the United States. So I'm going to discuss something that took place back then, but may not necessarily take place now unless that tree has found its way from Ireland to the United States. During the festival of Samhain, people would create crosses, handmade, from the twigs of the rowan tree. Now, since most of Halloween traditions have the root in them created from Celtic origin, we can easily surmise that most of this comes from overseas in Ireland. But the rowan tree comes from that time period. Now, they may still grow in Ireland. That I don't know. But this tradition dates back to that time period. And people would hand make crosses from the twigs of the rowan tree. And they were tied with red cord to ward off evil spirits. Now, in Celtic mythology, the rowan tree is seen also as the tree of life, which, if you didn't know that, now we do, and symbolizes courage, wisdom, and protection. And not only this, but the red berries of the rowan tree were symbolic, as red is believed to be a protective color and one that is linked to creation and life. If you're listening and you've ever looked at the bottom of one of the berries, it said that it has the shape of a pentagram, which if you know anything about pentagrams, is an ancient protective symbol. So the next time you are around a rowan tree, if they still do exist, and you look at one of the berries, look underneath it. And tell me what the symbol looks like on the bottom of it. Pumpkins and pumpkins and pumpkins, oh my. 
during this time of year, between September through October, different stores and outside areas are filled with pumpkins and pumpkin carving tools and fake pumpkins that you can plug into an outlet and make them light up. And for many, 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 many years, we've been surrounded by the jack-o'-lantern and the pumpkins and scary faces on pumpkins. But did you know that it did not start out as being a pumpkin that we would carve and stick a light in to light our way through a spooky night? Oh no, it did not start out as a pumpkin at all. Let's talk about that for a moment. The newer tradition of pumpkins started out actually as, and you may know this, traditionally as carving up turnips. And if you were asking why it was a turnip, well, the answer to that is quite simply, they were more accessible at the time. And people would carve in the front of the turnip grotesque looking faces and they would put candles inside of them and you're asking why that is well the answer may not be what you think it wasn't to look cool outside and it wasn't for decoration they were designed to scare away unwanted visitors spirits perhaps or thieves in the night but they were used to scare away unwanted visitors however turnips are very hard to carve so guess what happened well you guessed it it was fixed to where it became a pumpkin because as history can tell pumpkins are easier and softer to carve than a turnip so it switched from turnips to pumpkins. Imagine that. So the next time you go into a store or you go to a pumpkin patch, you should count your lucky stars that you're not having to carve turnips anymore, but that we get to carve something big and orange with a really cool scary face on the front of it and it gets to be a pumpkin instead of something a lot tougher. If you didn't know this, here's a really cool history lesson for you about apple peels and Samhain. For the Celtics and after the Celtics, people believed that time moved differently during Samhain, making it possible to predict or take a look into the future, such as why during Samhain you had fortune tellers, you had storytellers, and you had palm readers and things of that nature. It was believed during that time that you could predict things because the veil being the thinnest and believing that things were more powerful during that time. Let's go back to the idea of the apple peel for just a moment. Unmarried women would try and predict their future husbands with apple peels. They would throw the apple peels over their shoulder 
and they believed it would fall into the shape of the initial of the man that they would someday marry. Now, I understand you're listening to this and saying, what? But it's true. That's what they believed. I don't know how much of that tradition is still carried on today, but unmarried women believed that throwing an apple peel over their shoulder, that it would land in the shape of the initial of the person that they wanted to marry. But it makes you wonder, when they took the apple peel, did they ever bite off portions of the apple peel to make it look like it was already in the shape of something before it hit the ground? And so that's how when people would look at the apple peel, they would say, hey, it's in the letter of a J or hey, it's in the letter of an L. And the woman would come back and say, yep, it worked because she already knew somebody by the name of Larry. While the practice of casting spells is not anything of modern time, it actually has its roots dating back to Celtic Irish beliefs, where at least three quarters of anything having to do with Halloween is where it's derived from. With early Celtics back then and even today believing that Samhain and the celebration of Samhain was celebrating a new time of the year and the belief that the veil between life and death was at its thinnest ancient Irish spells and charms for potions for love, wealth, and prosperity goes all the way back to early Celtic times where certain spells and certain potions and charms were created specifically for the times of Samhain because they believed that their potions and spells and charms were going to be more effective when the powers that be were at its highest of that kind of time of year and were celebrations and warding off evil spirits and things of that nature abounded during that time period. Ancient Celtics would create certain potions and whatnot for that time period because they believed that things that they needed for the new year needed to be plentiful and so they would create certain charms and potions for love and wealth and prosperity for the new year and those types of spells and potions and creations were made to ring in what was the Irish New Year. And so there you have it, folks. There is a little bit of history lesson for you on some of the history of Halloween or Samhain. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast where I tried to bring you right now a little bit of Halloween history 
between now and the first part of November. I hope that you enjoy this podcast. and I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the Halloween series. Until that time, stay spooky and have a good night. This is Michael, your host for Tales at 3 a.m.